Yes, yes, we are back at it again. This is the Black Russian Podcast. I am Yula, the Park Ranger. <laughs> and I am Tian Buku One. You have Mr. to give Generous. me the eye. Yeah, see, you're like, I want to go first. Uh, and then I'll let you go first. No, you're but like, then oh. I said I like going oh, no, second. Um, curveball. Let you go in. So, yes, <clears throat> we are here. Episode 26. We decided to make this episode pretty much all about transitions and things around that topic things changing and all that good stuff but uh first of course like we always do we'd like to make it very clear that we do not advocate any particular style of relationship over the other no one style is more or less divine monogamy is no more or less divine than open or poly and vice versa the divinity comes from the quality of work that is put in as individuals and together and also being able to listen hear yourself and hear your partner and grow. One thing we are totally against is anything that is mandated against the ability of individual decision-making process. So mandated monogamy, no, 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 no. Mandated non-monogamy, no, 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 no. Mandated polygamy, no, 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 no. No mandates. No mandates. Always be able to control your path and decision-making processes. Hot damn it. Hot damn it. Okay. And then my five cents, please develop your own style of how you want to live and uh, how you want to be in the relationship, whatever relationship you're in. Don't take anyone's uh, sample and apply it to yourselves unless it actually really fits and feels natural. Yes. Everything needs to be modified and tailor-made or can be modified and tailor-made to your liking if you have the courage and the patience of doing the work, to do the work. Because what happens if you take a template, even if it sounds awesome, and then you apply it, and then something in your relationship changes, and you don't know how to change it because you didn't develop the template. Right. Yep. That is a problem. Then you need another template. And templates may work for a certain amount of time, but as humans, we grow, we change, we evolve, we contract, we expand, we flip the script, we have revelations that change our whole perception of life and people and ourselves so we got to make sure we have relationships and love that accommodates and expects and appreciates these changes that will happen because they will happen we will not that's we're talking about transitions thus we are talking about transitions so we got quotes yep 
So my quote number one is, give yourself permission to live a big life. Step into who you are meant to be. Stop playing small. You're meant for greater things. And that can translate to so many different things. A lot of times we don't even allow ourselves to think big, to fantasize, to dream big, to even exercise what it is we'd want if we could really have whatever we want. Like we, as adults, tend to marginalize these thoughts before we even say them. Like, oh, well, you know, I mean, I could, you know, I just, we do that before we even say what it is we like. So we're already stifling our abilities. Um, also, we're caught up a lot in what other people think about us. Um, and shame and guilt keeps us in a place that's not where we truly should be. So that's a really big one for me. Um, the next one goes to core morale. And this is a big one. We'll talk about this in transitions too. Um, we talk about being able to plan and envision what it is we want our principles to be about, what is our unwavering core principles that will transcend any specific incident in our lives, whether we're high vibration or low vibration. So this one's a really good one. If they respect you, respect them. If they disrespect you, still respect them. Do not allow the actions of others to decrease your good manners because you represent yourself, not others. And this is a big one. That's what we teach the kids a lot. Right. It doesn't matter what other kids do. It doesn't matter, you know, what they say. You have to stay who you are and do what feels right. Right. Our relationship, our primary relationship is with ourselves, our spirit, our core, our path, our connection. All the other relationships in our lives are reflections of that. So we should never change or jeopardize our core connection with ourselves and our path for another person, place, or thing. Okay, then this one, your past mistakes are meant to guide you, not define you. And this has to do, obviously, with ourselves and ego. A lot of times we tend to assume that the way we were is the way we always are. That's just how I am. I'm just loud. I'm just angry. I just say things I don't mean. I just, that's just how I am. I'm just a jealous person. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily your core definitive permanent in stone you these are things that we can identify adjust accept embrace or reject um and so i think a lot of times we, we let we let ourselves cop out by being like that's just how i am you know i'm just a hothead or even just uh making a mistake and then being called out doesn't feel good doesn't right. feel good to anyone uh, and then there's, I think there are two ways to get through that. You either uh, just assume that you are no good, you can't change, you will always keep making those mistakes, or you can own up to it and go through the feeling that is not really uh, a good feeling at all, and then decide, you know what, I may uh, make that same mistake again, but I'm going to do what I need to do to actually get through it and learn. And eventually, I know I won't do make the same mistake again. Right. So that's the whole thing about, uh, oh, I'm just that way. Right. 
Yeah, I just can't where, see myself doing that, or I can't. This is just how I am. Yeah, even after pointing it out, discussing, going through it, realizing that it's not good for you, uh, the whole "I'm just this way," right, is not a cool, definitely not a cool uh, stance to be. Right, especially if we haven't even identified why we are this way. And we were talking about in episodes before, and we'll continue because it's, it's everybody's ongoing process. We as adults are learning who we are, but why we are the way we are. And a lot of the reasons why we are the way we are, the why we, why we hold certain beliefs, are not all because we've consciously made those decisions out of spiritually meditation and, ed- and education. Well. They're imposed upon us through our society, through well, ourselves, other things. What you just said at the very beginning of the sentence, uh, that I think we have to pause there. You said we as adults are learning. Says who? I think that it's assumed that you learn as a kid, you learn through high school, you learn through college. When you're an adult, you're done learning. And you're right. just the way you are. This is who I am. This is my life. This is my partner. These are my kids. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. And that's that. That's pretty much who I am. Take it or leave it. Right. Why should I change? Click, click save. And then, and then only when there is a force that is pulling you to change or you're, an, you're a rabbit that wants to change or right. you naturally understand that, no, actually, I'm never done changing and growing. That's when you start questioning things and learning and understanding, oh, I have these reactions because of that. Well, do I like them? Do I not like them? Do they work for me when I'm 40? They worked for me when I was 25. Well, should I change it? Should I keep it? But the premise that we as adults are learning and changing, I think that's the core premise that um, we have to start with. Are we? Do we want to? Do we not want to? If we don't want to, then great. Click save. That's your life. Right. but then if you want to, then there's a whole big world out there. Right. And touche for the amendment and catching that. This girl is on fire this weekend. She's been painting. She's just in a whole no, other no, place. No, Her bowling skills no, are no, on uh, point. Uh, 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 no, hold on. No, I'm giving you props. <laughs> All right. The rabbit is just so, like, she's she's so fiery. I can't even give her props without her wanting <laughs> to shoot at me. But, no, I'm saying she's in the element. Like, the, what you're saying there is really dope. Um, and it's exactly the amendment, the addition to what I was saying that needed to be said to, to, for us to move in the right direction is that we a lot of times assume that we are growing, but in reality as adults a lot of times we are, we accept this is just how we are. I don't even know that we, that, uh, we assume that we're growing because that means that we know that we have to be growing. I think that the simple statement is even more basic. I think that the way that the life, the <laughs> the soulless, detached, intellectual life has been set up is that, no, you literally learn from preschool through college, and then you're done, and then that's how, that's the way you are. Right. Maybe you have, you know, professional growth, but right. as an individual, you're pretty much done. Right. And that's, uh, that's the real deal. And so... You know, in, in Buddhism and, like, in... in in connected cultures, uh, there is no, you're never done growing. Right. You're never done moving. You're always fluid and forward, back, up and, and down, right. expand, contract. And that's why deal. you respect kids as much as you respect adults because 
kids are growing, adults are growing. Right. Uh, they know sometimes more than adults do right. as they should. I mean, it's Messages it's flow through different people at different times. It's not a hierarchy or anything. It's a flow. Um, so, yeah, so like we're saying, saying that that's just the way we are is a very incomplete statement. There's so many things that play into our decision-making, our opinions, our fears, our triggers that a lot of times we are not even sure as to why we do what we do. Um, and that's, so if we don't understand why we do what we do, how can we fully understand and own that's just how I am? I was like, well, so we really encourage unpacking that. Well, that's fascinating. Um, have you thought about why it is you react this way to certain things? Why is it you are the way you are? Why? Why? Where does it come from? And as we've discovered and continue to discover, once you start pulling that little cord down, you start finding out a lot of the shit that we think defines us was not a conscious choice and was not an educated decision. Can we talk about the show that you started watching? The gay... No, not uh -oh. that. No. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not the crazy zombie suburban wife show. Oh. No, no. The, the you don't want to talk about Santa Clarita Diet? Shit, no. Hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, though. I, I, I was so excited to come home to, to like watch it with you because I'm like, this is going to go really, really good. And it's going to be like, it's like a Dexter, but funny. Or it's just going to be like how it was when you watched, when I had you watch Saw for the first time. So It I, was more robot chicken than Saw. Well, yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah. But, but fairly gory, I guess. It was wow. a little too gory. Yeah. Okay, so you mean Queer Eye. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, the queer eye for the straight guy, you know, I mean, I watched half of an episode, but that's a really cool thing. Uh, like a typical older white, uh, what does he call himself? Uh, you can't fix ugly? Well, yeah, but like, I don't know, 60, super set in his ways. Yeah. Uh, and... The ease of, and of course it's a show, of course it's all scripted, of course they are all, you know, pushed to do it, but just to see how, hey, five or whatever, four queer guys redo little things about him, and just to see the change in, oh, I can actually change my wardrobe, I can trim my beard, I can smile more, I can... Uh, change, you know, stuff in my rooms, and I, it changes your life. Right, like, <clears throat> like I can identify that I'm not happy with yeah. the life that I'm living, and actually I can do things to change it. Yep. It's not just like, well, this is just how I am. Exactly. And so it's, it's a great metaphor for that. Um, do you want to go into your quotes? Sure. Before, or we can talk about Santa Clarita Diet some more. <laughs> before the show runs away from us. <laughs> Uh, let me go find them again. All right. I tried to uh, tailor them to transition. Sitting practices, and that's meditation, that focus on relaxing the underlying tensions and, ho and holdings you feel in your body, as well as restrictions to the breath, help you mitigate the legacy and habit patterns of reacting, clinging, and aversion. Same thing. I mean, there are certain situations that put us in a uh, triggered state. And then if we are not curious enough 
to question why, and we're fine with these reactions, we're going to continue having the same reactions. Right. If we sit still and we review them and we go, well, where did that lead me? Did that lead me to something good or did that lead me to something bad? Uh, which is, you know, I mean, that's a whole different thing. Like right. what's good, what's bad, how to, how to figure it out. Uh, then maybe perhaps, you know, it's curious enough to go and start pulling on that little end and untangle that knot. Just saying we'll have lots of them. Right. Um, the basic one on transition. The best part of your story is when it changes. Right. <laughs> and, you know, again, for, for some people, it's not at all. Change is hard. Uh, habits are set. Routines are awesome. Um, you know, some people love change. Others don't like it at all. But if we live our adult life and nothing ever changes, then my biggest fear is looking back at my life going, holy shit, what happened? Right. Who it was, was, at, who was at the wheel? Who was driving the car? Right, it was all the same. I mean, right. was that even fun? I don't know. Right. Uh, there was no sudden striking or emotional transition, like the warming of a room or the coming of daylight. When you first notice them, they have already been going on for some time. So basically saying that transitions don't start when we see the change. Right. Transitions start long before then when we start hearing a little voice, which we usually beat down and try to keep down for as long as we can. That starts nagging on us like, ooh, I something I'm, I'm feeling unsettled. I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, and we're generally fine, but then the voice just, we, we can't put it away. Right, yeah. And then <coughs> eventually it leads to some step, or it leads to a blow up, or it leads to a clear realization, oh, I need to change this. Right. But and the actual <coughs> process had been going on for quite some time. Right. And that's, you know, that's one of the tough parts of we'll talk about in transition stuff is the assumption that we can let ourselves believe that things just pop all of a sudden and there was never anything that was leading up to that tipping point. When mathematically, scientifically, spiritually, things don't just happen in a, va- in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, there's reasons why mes- messages come to us at certain times and they resonate louder than maybe they did before. Doesn't mean that message never came to us before. A lot of times it's come several times. Um, and when we finally identify that, oh shit, this is something I need to heed, we can then remember all the little clues before that were like, oh, it was something, something was telling me I should be looking in this direction, but I just kept ignoring it. And now it's like, I can't ignore it. I must act upon this right now. Um, and how we deal with those are can make or break friendships, relationships, career choices. Um, all types of things. That's a whole premise of you wanting to do this episode on transitions. Yeah. Wow, you're good at getting quotes that just tie into like my... Maybe I did this on purpose. How do you know I didn't do that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, So, okay, those all three of your quotes? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I led you straight into it. Boom. Timing is becoming impeccable. I'm telling you, she's on fire. She's just all on fire. 
You're not. No, I should buy a lottery ticket. What? I'm not pregnant. No, I know you're not pregnant. I was. I was. How saying, do you know I'm not, not pregnant? <laughs> I was seeing if you're still wearing your magic your magic plug. Oh my fucking god! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Come on. What? What? Keep not talking. No, no. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> we're gonna. So, this is a completely side note, but it, on this podcast oh we can talk god. about this thing. So, we got we got we got you live. <laughs> three <laughs> anal plugs that like that little, like little medallions on the back end of them like a, a small like a a small medium and large the small she says is a his size the large size is her size um, but anyway so we decided to um, play with one today and it was neat so we kept it in while we went bowling <laughs> we kept it in <laughs> <laughs> We, Our joint. We decided it was a good idea for her to keep it in. So she kept it in during bowling. Mm-hmm. And there was actually some discovery that actually it may have, you know, kind of aided the... Some strikes. Some strikes and some flow. So random side thing, but, you know, women or men, do, yeah, women or men, if you like these type of things and you like um, thoughts of random sexual goofiness during the day, during your mundane work or your routine stuff, get an anal plug. <laughs> slide it in, keep it in the whole day. And every now and then you'll remember that at and it will tickle you in a weird okay anyways. But I digress. Yeah, you now you then you start walking down the street or in the office or at the store, you're like, huh, I wonder how many of these people <laughs> have anal plugs in. <laughs> how many of these people the ones who are smiling, do you guys have a plug in too? That's a whole new pickup line. You seem extra happy today. <laughs> hmm. But yes, and then you, maybe they can get like mood ones, like a change color medallion depending on your mood. But then you have to have like some 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 way of seeing it. Yeah, look back at it. I can't. You can't see it. No. Really? You can't arch your back and look back and see. No. What do you mean? You see how big my butt is. Please. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, it's a fun tidbit. She's not wearing it anymore. I guess she took it out because she wanted to get serious for the podcast. But um, all right, so. Recap, episode 25. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We talked about female fighter mode. Maybe some of that soapbox is still with me. Right. The soapbox. Yes. The dangers of the soapbox. Um, Knowing when and where to use your fire and your force. I think just knowing that it's a thing and if we don't put it away, it's going to affect our interactions uh, that shouldn't be affected by that mode. Right. Yes. And identifying before we get on our soapboxes, what is our goal and mm-hmm. who is the real enemy? And if we dig deep, the enemy is not a person. It's not the penis. It's not the white skin. It's the energy. It's yeah. the fear. It's the hate. It's the jealousy. So if we're really fighting that, we have to make sure that when we, when we blast and shoot our flames, we're shooting at the hate, the energy. We're not shooting at the messenger. We're shooting at the message. Um, so that way we don't perpetuate the hate that hate made. Yeah. Um, what else we get into? Um, so we talked about that, uh, you know, which led us into talking about uh, women, more women at the top of corporations, political organizations in the government. Is that a necessarily an a indication of things changing for the better? Uh, no, because you have to look into and make sure that uh, the woman that is at the top is actually representing change and it's not uh, copying or even improving uh, the skills that men developed to get to the top. 
because right. the unhealthy happens. cutthroat skills in particular. Yep. Uh, then we talked about uh, the preferences in an open relationship. Right. Yeah. The preferences of like, do you want your partner to have one like core partner that, that they spend their time with and their heart and energy, or do you want them to have multiples? Um, and then we got into that when we talked about that. We really started really talking about um, be careful what you wish for, and also not micromanaging and not trying to create template structures, create um, trust and faith and empowerment, and then discuss how it's working and share it, but not try to create these unnatural templates. And that goes into, you know, one of the uh, questions that came up from our good friend. <clears throat> and, you know, she was saying a friend of hers is in an open marriage feels like she would like her husband to not see people for more than a couple months. She's worried about emotional ties. Yeah, do we want to talk about it now? Yeah, this is episode 25 part. In, it's part I of mean, the... that makes zero sense to me. I mean, to me, this is like a weird mix of two uh, concepts. One that is used a lot in the gay community. They're just random hookups. And uh, the rule would be no hooking up with one specific person more than once. Right. And that pretty much fulfills your... I got to go have sex with somebody else and guarantees there'll be no attachment of any sort. So, you know, I get that if that's your thing. Uh, or another style that is more of a polyamory, uh, understanding that we what we really need is a deep connection with someone outside, someone other than our primary partner because there's only so much that we can get there and we need to have new energy circulating all the time to make sure that what we have with a primary partner doesn't stagnate and doesn't become the old boring routine thing where even the good things die. Uh, in, that, in that mode, you hope to meet someone that you do develop a close relationship with that contributes to you feeling good about yourself and uh, helps you see everything in a slightly different way and you connect with them. I mean, it's expected that you develop an emotional connection. Right. So <coughs> this whole premise of I would like my partner to, s to not see someone for more than a couple of months, well, a couple of months is long enough to actually develop a real connection. Right. So then it's not the random hookup where right. it's just sex, but it's also cut off when you see that I actually like this person and I can see how we are contributing to each other and this is cool. And then you're supposed to cut it off. So, I mean, to me, it's either like, it, it just, it's a weird mix that makes no sense. Right. If you're so concerned, if your rules in this open relationship that, hey, you can have sex, but you cannot develop an emotional attachment, then just have random sex with random people. Don't go more than a couple of times and move on to the next person. Right, or pay for it, like you're or saying. Or pay, just, and just to me, like, the easiest thing is just pay for it. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's expensive, but, yeah, there is no <coughs> attachment there. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to question your spouse. Right, and to me, 
it seems like that's the setup for just a, a series of broken hearts and resentment well, all sure. around. And that's not yeah. good for energy. That's horrible for your karma. Well, and um, it's really bad for the women that are on the other side. Right. Yeah, it's not. And, it, and also, it's not natural. It's a very unnatural thing. I would always ask, why does this person want this rule? What are they hoping to protect? What are they afraid of what's well, happening? Well, I think, I mean, I would, I would have to project and be like, okay, so the the woman understands, all right, my husband wants to have sex with more than just me. That makes sense to me. Fine, I understand. And he is allowed to do that. What I don't want him to do is get emotionally attached and develop another relationship on the side, right. which I cannot control, which will threaten me and possibly grow into a relationship that will uh, eclipse ours and then ours breaks and there goes my marriage. Uh, so that's that's a whole that's that's the fear that this you know rule is based on like me i question i know how i work i can't connect without having an emotional attachment right like i can't possibly have sex with someone who i don't care about right so in that case i guess that style of of i mean uh, that's why i don't have a, that style of an open relationship right but it just it just literally makes no sense. If it's well, all about sex, go to swingers clubs, go to parties, you know, pay for sex, do have that lifestyle. Right. My so my thing is like, what part of empowerment and trust of your partner and trust in your relationship is that? It's not right. It's so like pure understanding. And men need more sex than right. Me. But and, and what part of controlling somebody? To preserve a relationship benefits the relationship. Like these all of it, marriage. Don't you know how normal marriage works? Everyone controls each other. Right, but how good does that actually become for yeah. the people involved? So my thing is like this: if <clears throat> if you're if you guys do not trust each other enough to trust each other's decision making to where you have to create and micromanage, chances are the relationship is not ready for that, or maybe you should not go there just yet because the reality is. The biggest threat to your relationship and your bond is how you treat each other <laughs> and how you love each other and how you treat each other. It's not another person coming along because the bottom line is if someone comes along and you or the other person is gravitating towards them, the fact that they are not legally allowed to is not going to stop them. If it stops them, it's going to come with resentment. Well, Otherwise, it just becomes an affair. So I think that the whole maybe, you know, and we don't know the people involved, obviously, but it would seem to me that maybe there is a half truth on both sides. Right. I would I would I would um, venture to uh, think that the man basically asked for, hey, I want to have sex with other women. Right. He didn't ask for, hey, I want to have uh, positive, loving input from other women. Right. But he said, I want to have sex. Right. And uh, when he connects with women, he probably doesn't even, I mean, he's obviously not telling his wife, but probably not even telling himself that what I actually really like is not the sex. Sex is great. Right. But what I actually really like is having another person who's new and who sees me for who I am right. with fresh eyes. And I have this very... And I have this cool connection. Uh, we're both curious about each other. It's a level of excitement that I had not experienced. 
in my marriage just because we don't have it. We've known each other for 25 years. There's nothing to be excited about anymore. So it's not the sex. The sex is a symbol. Right. It's the energy that comes from actually connecting with another person. And, but because sex is so taboo, uh, you know, they celebrate the whole, okay, we are advanced. I understand you need more sex. And here's your permission to have it. Right. Now, you know, if he was actually describing that I, I appreciate the whole package of connecting with a new person and receiving that energy from them, whether we go on a walk or hold hands or go to the movies or text through the day, and they're asking me about my, my day, you never ask me about it, they ask my opinions, that, you know, that's right. what I they like. They laugh at my jokes. Right, and, you know. the, the wife would freak the fuck out immediately and of course would veto that. Right. So Unless she actually sits back and like, uh, yeah, and perhaps I need that too. Right. And that's to me. And it's really not sex. It's really it doesn't important. have to. Ha- I have friends who n- I've never had sex with. Right. But I contribute that. We contribute to each other's lives like that. And that is valued higher than sex. Well, that's the thing. Is it's about nourishment first and then the pathway right. second. And that doesn't mean that the pathway is not special. Right. We put special into the pathways. So a lot of times when we say we want sex or we want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it's not the tangible symbol of someone to call a boyfriend or a girlfriend or the penis and vagina thing. That's secondary to what we're looking for because right. what that symbolizes to us is someone loves me, I feel special, someone's looking out for me, someone cares enough to please me, someone thinks I'm beautiful, and all these different things. It's rarely just sex alone. So when we try to marginalize, oh, it's just sex, it's rarely just sex. It's the nourishment that comes from that. So I I agree with you. The conversation should go a lot deeper. We should ask, why do we have these rules? What is the goal? What are my fears? Well, and I what, think what is it you want from going out? Right, exactly. That's the first question. So all I around, would, I would be, you know, and I think that uh, the reason, well, I know that the reason why I had never questioned your lifestyle choices is because I've always clearly, I've always clearly known what it is that you get out of it. Right. I mean, there is no, not a mystery there at all. Right. It's like you being on stage. It's like you touring. It's like you showing off your skills to somebody who'd never seen them regardless of what they are that's what it is right it's that energy that you receive from connecting with people that appreciate you that's it that's not a mystery at all sex comes with it in these uh relationships it doesn't come with you know being on stage or skating or painting or you know creating some new business venture uh, it just in this vein it comes through sex right so it's really super clear I've never questioned that right and that's why I've never questioned like any any of it but if that is what scares you in principle that your spouse needs this that you are clearly not uh, the only person that will be providing this energy to them right then that's the premise of uh, the whole, 
what kind of relationship do you want to have with this person? Can it last for 50 years? Right. Do you want it to be expansive? Do you want it to be restrictive? You and know, why? And why? And that's the thing. We go really, really deep past the sexual, all that stuff. It's a matter of energy and a way of life. Like, do we want our partners to have a very fruitful, inspirational, enlightening, deeply connected, rich life? Or do we want them to be what we want them to be for us? I mean, it's, it's, I've said it a million times before. Uh, I can clearly see what would happen to you if I cut off the sources of energy. Right. You would turn into one of, like, I mean, you'd be uh, operating at half the energy level. Right. You'd become cranky because you wouldn't be able to regenerate what you need and you'd turn into an asshole in a matter of a couple of years right. and, and i'd be like uh i don't like this right and in a spiritual sense if you believe that we're all interdependent not everybody does if you believe we're all interconnected and interdependent um, on each other <clears throat> a lot of us are students teachers and kindred spirits to some person everybody to everybody i'd say that i'd say like that we're all students teachers and kindred spirits so if I'm not allowed to get into the community and the mix I'm supposed to, I'm not receiving messages that I need. I'm not sharing messages that I have. And therefore, we're cutting this flow off. And I like to operate from the premise that I want my partner to have the best life she can possibly have. Like, I feel like the bigger, better she is, the more she has to offer everybody, including me in our relationship and our families. I know that I'm not enough alone to provide every possible nutrient she needs or to know what exactly she needs at the exact times. So I would like to be in the position of I'm co-pilot in her world. Let her dictate to me what her balanced diet is now and how it changes and what is needed when because we all change. Our balanced diets will change. And so to try to stifle each other's balanced diet or to act like we know what each other needs at every given time is dangerous. Um, and to stifle energy is really dangerous um, because you're not allowing the person to have the nourishment they need to become who they're supposed to be. Do you realize that you are wanting to uproot the whole basis on how adult relationships are structured? Yes, back to a spiritual energy connectedness based. Like we should, I want to get back to the place where we are intimate and deeply connected in our existence in life. We're deeply gra grateful and for everything that is around us for the time that we have. We are grateful for the happy faces. We're grateful. Um, we're deeply connected to everything we do. We choose people to hang out with. We choose the types of music. We choose to travel. We choose to learn because we feel deeply connected and compelled to do so. Like in everything we do, it all should be deeply connected as much as we can because that elevates the richness of our lives. So to me, I wanna get it back to where let, let's live intimately, let's not waste time. If we don't have an intimate, like a deep, rich, genuine connection, and let's keep it moving and make room for others that do for each of us. Like why do a job if you're not passionately involved in it? You know, why pick up an art or an instrument if you don't love it? Why listen to certain music if it doesn't move you? Why travel to places that you don't learn from? You know, so that's where I'm trying to go. 
and then we'll deal with the mediums, the platforms, the symbols after that. Let's, let's use our intuitive connection and gravitate to what we want. And in order to do that in a relationship, we have to understand that Eula knows her direct connection and what she is needing and what's coming through her when it does. I can't dictate that from the outside. It's hard enough for a person even to know that in the inside with all the shit that's going on. So for me to try to micromanage what she needs would be crazy because I don't know. I don't have the connection to her. Right, but we're so used to, you know, our parents micromanaged us most likely. Right. Uh, Your mom didn't, thus you are this way. Right. Uh, Most parents do. Right. And then when we grow up, we're like, okay, we have, as an adult, I need to micromanage my world, which now includes my spouse and my kids. Right. And it's just a cycle. And, you know, we have not micromanaged our kids. We have had to, I have had to deal with uh, pretty serious, you know, uh, issues with my parents who took that as my direct rebellion against them, which that's exactly what it was. And, but now it's kind of, it's coming around and the kids are definitely making really good decisions for themselves. Right. And that's a way to show that, hey, the micromanaging style is actually not a very good model. Right. And it's, and it's not natural. Think about plants. If you like stifle the plant's sunlight and nourishment, it's not going to grow and bear the fruit that it's supposed to bear. Um, most humans don't work really well when we're held against our will for long periods of time. So what happens is fear gravitates us to security where faith and excitement gravitate us to liberation, empowerment, and growth. So we have to decide every now and then check in on our relationships. Like, are we, are the decisions that we're making in our lives and our relationships, are they motivated by, motivated by fear or are they motivated by love? You know, we want it's not even, I mean, fear, you know, I think that fear is a strong word. Uh, word. Uh, usually the decisions in long-term steady relationships are mod- motivated by comfort and routine. Right, but what's the antithesis yeah, right. exactly. of culture? Exactly, but then <laughs> it's a you fear go of by, uprooting, right. a fear of what destabilization, yeah. a fear of change, a fear of loss. Right, but a fear when of being we replaced. say fear, and most people who listen, who are, you know, like check in, they're like, "I'm not afraid. I just like what I have." Right, and never. So right, so why. like, let's not, you know, throw when you throw fear out there. It puts, uh, you know, it put, it would put a lot of people on the defense. Like, no, I'm not afraid, but I really like what I like, and right. I really like this routine, and I really like this comfort. Right. So we're like, great. So do 95% of people, and that may be great, and may be hiding something. Right. So well, lot, like, yeah, truly, a lot of the times, our push is to ask yourself why you do what you do and why you like what you like. If it's out of love that yeah. you do, then continue. But if it's out of a fear, like I like this because it's secure because I'm afraid that if they do that, someone's going to go crazy and who knows right. what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah. Then ask yourself at that point, is that a fear you want to keep? Maybe it is. There's healthy fears. We're all afraid of some shit, you know. Um, but just to be self-aware beyond the surface 
we aren't just the way we are because we consciously thought about it. There are many reasons that go into why we do what we do, why we like what we like. And a lot of them could be as simple as where I grew up, the people around me did this. And anybody who didn't do that was looked at as crazy as an outsider and was treated very bad. So I learned very early that if I want to be treated good, I will do these things. If I want to be treated bad, I will do that. And I don't want to be treated bad, so I'm going to do this. Um, so many of those reasons that go into that. So that's, that's the dance long recap. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So, okay, cool. We got the recap of episode 25. There's a lot of really good stuff in that, in that episode. And, we talked about you know, romantic love. Romantic love, too. Okay, we let's, can talk about it later. No, we can talk about romantic love, recap just for a minute, then we'll take a break, and then we'll go into transitions. Yeah. So what did we learn about romantic love? That it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we learned was that uh, it's a fantasy created for us, and... Uh, if we're not careful, we can be we can be manipulated through the expert's use of specific language, specific you know gestures, uh, specific settings that are created by people that know that romantic love or romance is what uh, can influence uh, right. usually women, but you know I'm sure men too. Yeah. So like. I, I don't know romance the way that it's sold, uh, you know, in fairy tales and movies and books uh, with flowers and chocolates and whining and dining and diamond rings and happily ever after, uh, you know, can be very uh, misleading. Well, misleading, but also a a false premise to create a relationship on or right. even a false dream to have. I want this romantic love. I don't have it. Okay, well what is it? Right. Like, what what are the nutrients what are the nutrients you're truly looking for when you say you want these flowers, you want somebody right. to sweep you off your feet. Yeah. What are the nutrients? It's the same thing as saying I want sex. For what? What are the nutrients? Yeah. And let's focus on the nutrients yeah. and then let the symbols fall as they may. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times we just fall in love with the symbols, yeah. right? Like, ooh, we see a handsome man who's got muscles in a nice car. The symbol could be he's successful, he's happy, he has everything I want in the man. Then you go meet him and you find out he's insecure, narcissistic, and has an alcohol addiction. Yeah. You, don't, you, you can't tell that by seeing somebody. Yeah. You can't tell if someone's good or bad when they hand you flowers and say, hey, baby, baby, I miss you. Yeah. So romantic, romantic love. love. Fuck it. Fucking, it's subjective. Like what you like, but go deeper into understanding why you like it and make sure that when you accept it, you can ask the person, what is it you mean when you hand me these flowers? What is it you mean when you say, can baby, you imagine baby, I miss you? you go on a date, they give you flowers. You're like, oh, great, thank you. Now, what do you mean? I could be like, hey, great, this is fascinating because, you know, different people give different, different flowers for different reasons. What is it you're saying with this? Because we were saying things. Make it a fascinating conversation. It can be a fucking foreplay. You can learn something about a person. Um, or you can, they'll be like, I don't know. I know women like it. I read I'm it in a book. To, I'm I read to in a book. Women like it. So I just give it to them. And then that'll probably make you feel a little bit different about that romantic love, right. wouldn't you? If he's like, I don't know. Shit, women like the shit. I tend to get more sex when I give them flowers. And mm -hmm. you go, oh, does that still feel like romantic love to you? You know, bombaclad, romantic love, the Black Russian podcast, episode 26, transitions and eras. 
Paka paka, the sound of the gun fights. Not a body just a gets laid. They make the guns their choice, but the guns not nice. All the innocent are run away. And by the roll of a dice, a man can lose them life. Not a mother in a dismay. The man they must step it hardcore, like them no business no more. All kind of carbine them a fire. Crime rate is getting higher. This is not Iraqi them frontline. No, I know in a way pipeline. So what type is killing for? It's not no foreign invasion. We all are one nation. So time to ease up the world. They make the guns their choice, but the guns not nice. All the innocent are run away. When you hear paka paka, the sound of the gun fights. Not a body just a gets laid. They make the guns their choice, but the guns not nice. All the innocent are run away. And by the roll of a dice, a man can lose them life. Not a mama in a dismay. Chanting for upliftment, progress for the youth. Ah, who give the gun them? For the man them go shoot. And ah, who make the plans them to deceive all the youths? Them planning in secrecy. To get the youth them chiga a pay. And then them pack it with poverty. I know the people can't take it no more. Yeah. They make the guns their choice, but the guns not nice. And the innocent are run away. Yes, yes, the Black Russian Podcast is back again after our little break. That was Luciano and Queen Africa, and the first track was Garnet Silk. Bada bing. So now we're going to get into what this episode is about, for real, which is about transitions, changes, and how do we handle them. There's just, you know, the reality is that we are always changing and evolving. The people that we were 10 years ago are not the same people we are now. The things that we think are the most important in our lives now may not be the same 10 years from now. We're always changing, which means if you have two people or more in a relationship and you're changing, chances are they're changing too. And if they're changing and you're changing, that means the body of your relationship is changing, which means the structure is changing. The challenge is a lot of times we build our relationship structures in a very rigid way that prevents change and it creates a rift when you want to grow and you feel you can't grow in your relationship because of how it's set up and that how it's set up can be how you've naturally communicated to each other honestly how you've communicated to yourself and what rules you've put in place that for somehow been assumed to be unamendable so we want to talk about transitions we've been going through a lot of different transitions lately um, and it's been surpri- not surprising, but very surprising. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say it that way. Um, we know about impermanence. We expect it. I've been through several um, amazing parts of my life, whether it was through career or through relationships or passions in my life that have come to very abrupt endings that yeah. are... I would have never expected two weeks before. Yeah, your management career came to an, I mean, we could have probably predicted it. We knew something was going to change. We didn't predict that the whole thing was going to come to a screeching halt. No. And it literally, like, 
three weeks before it was like yeah. things going the best they've ever gone yeah. with small little like, okay, this person's brought a new person into their lives who's kind of different, but I've, we've dealt with different and crazy right. before. And then it was like, blam, done. 12 years, done. Yeah. And didn't talk for three years after that. Nope. Um, and so I've, I've had this happen many times. So um, I'm aware of it. I honor it. I know it's going to happen. I know we have no idea what's going on um, in people's lives, what transitions are building up in their lives that are leading to this. But also, like, we just don't know what the fuck's going to happen in life in general. Yeah. So things are going to change. You know, they're always going to change. That's why we talk about being grateful today, because you just don't know how much longer we're going to have the things that we love. Um, but that's not a excuse to just uh, disengage, to be unemotional about things. Like, life is about being invested, right? So when you're invested, <laughs> things hurt. Yeah. Um, and things get shocked. But not a reason to not be in love or not invest heavily, but it's pretty fucking fascinating. So I really wanted to focus on transitions. So let's get into it. You know, how do we handle these transitions? So let's, for example, we'll talk about, you know, a, a transition that's kind of common in what we're talking about being on this Black Russian podcast, being non-monogamous, so on and so forth, is, you know, the transition of going from a monogamous married relationship to a non-monogamous open relationship style. You know, these things are very, very sensitive, very delicate. Um, and they should be handled with as much care, as much attentiveness as possible because transitions are fucking uncomfortable. Um, our butt cheeks clench up and we start acting in ways that are very unnatural and a lot of times cause other damage beyond just the change. So what are some of the things that you feel you look are very important when dealing with a transition specifically to this one, like going from monogamous to non-monogamous relationship? Well, um, you know, I think that an assumed one is uh, being direct and truthful. Right. That's an assumed one. But then... Uh, being able to, I think what's not assumed is that you also have to talk about the super duper sensitive parts of what you feel, your fears, your actual direct fears. Uh, inst our instinct, my instinct for years was to hide it. Right. Uh, and not talk about it because it's shameful, it's something I shouldn't be feeling, uh, it's something that I'm concerned if I bring it up. You know, he's going to dismiss because, uh, you know, he, we've addressed it so many times. I shouldn't be feeling it. And we had a fair amount of conversations that went like, hey, you know, I mean, I didn't know how to be very directly. Hey, I'm feeling sensitive. Right. So I'd find some sideways way and then it would lead the conversation would go something like, uh, where are you going? Right. Why are you going there? How long are you going to be there? When are you coming home? To then finally, by the time Tion's like, oh, you're just being sensitive. That's your way of showing that you're right. just insecure and sensitive. Then 
He's like, uh, well, we have talked about this a million times. You should have a library of references to go into. <coughs> uh, I have written 10 songs for you you should go into. Right. Or I have written a million emails you should have saved. I know you have a file with all of those. How about you just go there? And I'm like, no, I want to hear all of this from you again right now. Right. And he is not in the space of mine because I didn't come to him directly, directly. saying, hey, listen, I know all is great. I'm just feeling really <laughs> insecure and sensitive. Uh, that's a totally different conversation. So I think what happens is, uh, you know, yes, we decide we will be open. We understand that it's very sensitive. We understand we have to be truthful. We still do not understand that we have to be very truthful with actually how we feel what our lows are. Right, and consistently be open about it because every day is a different feeling, a different thought. Um, but I think a big issue in the beginning or big challenge is a lot of times when relationships go from monogamous to non-monogamous, um, there are a lot of revelations <laughs> about well, yeah. about a person's feelings that they have not, they may have hey. not shared with each other. Well, exactly, and that's what that's why I say that it's really. What I'm, what, what I'm understanding is that it's really, really important to be truthful about those feelings as they come up because, right. you know, before, like, supposedly, you know, if you guys have been in a long-term marriage and you decided to change it, you have put thought into it. I mean, we're all smart people. We don't do these things on a whim. We put a lot of thought into right, it, right, so right. we have analyzed them. Right. Now, we may, we may have not told the other partner to the degree of our personal analysis or we of these even things. didn't even feel it. Like different people have different abilities to feel the reality when they analyze things. You can predict how you will feel. You can practically feel it in your head when you put yourself in this situation. Right. I don't do, I don't have that ability. It's either because I don't know how to or I tend to uh, not be honest with myself in those situations. I can easily have, you know, I can easily create a full-on scenario and show myself going through it perfectly fine. Right. I'd be like, yeah, I'll be somewhat sensitive, but it should, it's fine. My logic is going to carry me through. And when the actual reality hits, I'm not prepared. So, you know, then my, my I'm, I'm actually a lot more sensitive than I told you before I was going to be. So now what do I do with it? Do I come to you and say, hey, I didn't expect to be so sensitive. Let's talk about it. I don't think I want to change anything. I just want some help dealing right. with this. Right. And that would be the straight line theory of just being direct about it. Or we um, pretend that, no, it's all good. I will handle it myself. I don't, you know, I signed up for this. I didn't tell her the whole degree of how I'm going to feel or him. So I get to deal with it myself. That's an honorable thing to do. Right. And so. And then that starts, you know, the, the uh, uh, guessing some people can do that and it's fine. Uh, I was never able to do that because shit comes out sideways when I don't expect it. And it leads to really unpleasant consequences. Right. And before we realize what is being tried, what is what the goal of what's being said is, it's a whole long different story. So. What can happen when you decide to make such a dramatic change? Chances are, especially like this specific type of change, there are thoughts that 
both of you have probably had that you haven't fully shared with each other. So when the the decision to come out to like, hey, I think we should try this, or I think we should do this, a lot of the honesty of why you want to um, will shock the shit out of the other person or each other because you probably have never talked to it to this extent. So we have to both understand, A, it's going to be scary as shit to be blatantly honest, and B, it's going to feel crazy as shit to hear someone's blatant honesty because not solely because of the honesty, but because we've never heard that level of blatant honesty about the topic before. So we have to make sure we're extra kind and compassionate to each other and patient because sometimes the shock will take a while and the initial reaction may not be the best one, but we have to give each other space. But the most, one of the crucialest things we can do is be vulnerable and open up front and be like, look, this is scary as shit. I'm really scared to tell you these things. I'm just really nervous and have each other understand that this is where we are. Um, And, you know, I've been wanting this for a while and not be afraid. It's very scary. I know for women to be like, I've not been as sexually attracted to you in our routine for some years. I started thinking a while ago that I think I would benefit from having more sexual and romantic interactions outside of our marriage. I actually think it would help my overall state of being, which would, al- which would help me be here with us because I do love us. That's probably a very scary thing for a woman to say to a man. Well, I mean, first of all, the woman has to get to that point because I think as soon as, you know, the number one thought, if I realize, oh, I'm not so sexually attracted to my husband, is holy shit, what do I do now? My second thought is, ooh, I actually caught myself fantasizing about being with some other people. Right. Ooh, what does that mean? Well, the only, like, the only logical solution in, uh, current state of relationships is okay well we have to separate or i have to cheat right it's not we're not taught to think that actually if i'm brave enough i can see how me having uh uh relationships outside of marriage that my husband allows me to have will improve our marriage that's a pretty fucking advanced line of thought which is very easy for us to follow right but it's not at all an easy line to find for an average uh, person who had never thought about it right and commu- you know because like the number one knee jerk will be holy shit i'm either now subjected to this lifetime sentence of being with a man i'm not attracted to or I have to cheat or I have to leave him and find someone I am attracted to. Right. So, you know, let's say that everyone's advanced and they've done the analysis and maybe we've helped them out. And now they're like, oh, I understand. I need something on the outside to improve my relationship with my husband. So that in itself is a freaking, that process can take 5, 10, 15 years. So one of the, so here's part of what can go goofy is you start identifying, you make it to the point where you start realizing some things that are true about yourself that you've kind of been bubbling, but you hadn't really acknowledged until now. Yeah. Um, so then what normally happens is we go, okay, I'm feeling that. And then we go, okay, well, we need to say that. And the minute you go, I need to say that to this person, 
your mind starts kicking in, your attorney right. and your brain gets kicking. Like, dude, if you say this, he, he's going to do this. He's going to tell his friends this. They're going to think this about you. They're going to do this and this. And all, you can't you. say that. Yeah. You can't yeah. do this. You can't yeah. do that. So you here's a better thing to say. Yeah. To say, honey, I think you may benefit from having more out time. Yeah. Or you try to spin it and you start being disingenuous about what you're trying to say. You're trying to persuade and convince. And what happens is the other person may not know what you're trying to say, but they'll feel that what you're saying now is not truthful. It's not the root. And then what happens is that person can get offended, can get, a, can get hurt, and um, mirror your energy because they're reacting to your energy. And next thing you know, you guys have this dance of not being truthful and trying to um, just be, talk around things and talk sideways. And then by the time the actual truth comes out, Neither of you are in a state of mind where you care or you want to love each other. You guys are both hurt. You're both triggered. And now you're, you can't hear straight. You can't even think straight because you've been deceived and deceiving each other for so long. You've been passive aggressive with each other for so long. Um, and so that in itself to me is the root of why change is hard and why people are, don't avoid it and why the change is actually – um, not nearly as bad as how we handle the change and the transition. A lot of times we, we're not completely truthful and direct about what it is we are trying to do and why. You know, we spend a lot of time saying, it's not you, you're great, you've been perfect, you've been perfect, you've been awesome, it's just me. I just feel like, and then we don't say completely the truth of what or it really is Or the other about. way around. I mean, the one right. way that's either equally as bad or no, you need to change this. You have to change that because of this. You doing this, I haven't been able to be myself, or whatever it is. Right. You know, uh, when the truth is, you know, the more we do this, I've always been convinced that there is always two sides to every every situation and every story. And the more that we do this, the more that we talk to, uh, especially couples. Like that's right. it's amazing what happens with couples. Uh, the more uh, it's extremely clear that every freaking situation, uh, when there's two people, they're equally, we equally contribute to anything that we are dealing with. Right. Anything, we create this. It's a dance. This. We both create the dance. We create the dance. And then, you know, when we talk to uh, someone about the situation, we always represent, we're the defense attorney for ourselves. Right. We represent our side. Um so changing, when, when we're in this position of wanting to change, I realize I don't like what I have, I need to change. Uh, I think that the only good way and um, productive way to come to it is through this understanding that, okay, the situation that I'm looking to change has been created by two of us. Right. I contributed to it just as much as my spouse contributed to it. Right. What is it that, let me see, what is it that I have contributed? What is it that they have contributed? What do I want? So let me go into this conversation with this stance. Like, hey, we have created this. Right. Uh, now I feel like I want some of these things to change. Let's talk about it. Right. And having the language, and it doesn't have to be a long-term marriage. I mean, we've talked about it. It it, it happens with friends, you know. It happens with friendships. Right. It happens with business. Uh, business. It happens with 
our friends that we are, uh, you know, sexually engaged with, friends that we're not sexually engaged with. You know, when we feel like, okay, well, I started this relationship, ba it was based on sex. Now I feel like I don't want that sex part in because something I am dealing with has changed. Right. So let me think through, how do I do that? Right. Uh, and the other way around, like, hey, I'm really feeling this situation. And now I feel that I'm finally ready to actually, you know, uh, also bring the sexual part into. Let me think through and understand what is it going to change for both of us right. and how do we approach it? Right. And most importantly, how do we talk to each other when this change becomes very clear? Um, and so here's one. We had a write in. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, you know, what does a person do who has a primary relationship who realizes that they actually have more capacity to love more people outside of the relationship than they formerly thought they did? And their partner is pretty used to them just loving them with a tiny bit of things on the side. Like that's well, a huge I mean, transition. You know, right. It's a big and one. then, I mean, knowing her situation, she didn't know that that's what she wanted. She's realizing it as they go so i mean it uh, following the same straight line theory and everything that we talked about and how to handle change right you have to be like hey listen through these couple last couple of months i have clearly realized where i thought i didn't need anything now i'm clearly seeing what has been lacking is me uh using all this extra energy that i have uh, on more people to love right. and love in whatever ways that I find uh, that works for me. Right. And and also... When and then see where that goes. <laughs> You're hot today, boy. Well, like, no, I just, you didn't let me finish my thing. Well, <laughs> I've been like, damn, like I'm trying to get a word in, but no, I like it. You, I, like, I like being able to just listen when you're on fire. Um, but also... You know, half of the story is finding your voice and finding your voice to be truthful. Um, the other half is remembering you're in a relationship and you care about this person and their feelings. So balancing being truthful and not sacrificing their feelings for your truth. Right. Like, fuck this, this is my truth. I've been holding back for so long right. and we act like it's their fault that we're not being truthful. So we just yell at them like, this is right. my truth, fuck you. And as opposed to that, it's finding the nuance of being like, okay, this person's probably gonna be shocked a little bit, maybe a lot. Now, let me be compassionate to them. Let me hear them. And also understand that their sensitivity to what I'm saying doesn't mean what I'm saying is wrong. It's just more of, that, uh, more of a conversation that we should have about how does it feel and how can we navigate this? Because a long-term goal is I want this to work while I grow. And I want to know, does this relationship have enough room for me to grow and for you to grow? Right. Or is my growth a deal breaker for you? Now, the scary thing is what happens when you say your truth, you want this transition, you realize you're evolving, and the other person's like, it's not comfortable for me. And then so, you realize that. So do you think that, you know, do you start these conversations with, hey, let's agree on our long-term goal and is our long-term goal still being together? 
Um, and then you go, okay, how do I fit my uh, newly found needs and desires into this? How much can we expand this relationship of ours? Or do you start with, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I what I have. Uh, you know, let you bring your truth to the table and then we decide if we can keep this within our relationship or do we now need to change and possibly separate? Yeah, I, you know, I, as we've probably learned, there's probably no exact science and no one way to do it. I can um, see it working both ways. Yeah, my, my, if I, were, if I were sitting with this couple, what I would say is this, okay, I want you guys to take a week and write how you see your life now, how you want your life to become, you know, what, who do you want to become now? What does your life look like? Separately. Separately. Right. right Take right. a week without separately. Without talking. Without talking to each other about it. And then bring that to the table um, in a space where there's someone can hold the space. So that we right. <laughs> no Don't one gets defensive it. and right. freaks out and starts making you feel like shit for yours or right. not feel good enough for yours. Um, and then share each other your bold, honest truth and then go, okay. Is there room for th- right. for me to become, to grow this way and for you to have your growth or comforts this way in this relationship and determine from there? Um, that's one way, you know, that, w- that would be the way I would suggest because it's like. So if it was you and I, right? what would we do? I would do that. I would start there and be like, okay. And I would do the opposite. <laughs> right. right. So we would have would two sessions, there, right. one where she would lead. And one would, I would play her game and go, okay, let's do it your way. And then I do it, we right. go my so way. So I, you it know, out. it's kind of like, and I say that with, you know, pretty strong conviction because when, when I took that year to analyze what you and I had, mm-hmm. you know, when I had, it was like my first layer of truth. Like, oh, yeah, this is his life. He's not going to change. Right. Uh, this is my reality. You know, I spent a year and I analyzed it all. And I'm like, no, I w- want to be with him. I don't not want to be with him. And, uh, you know, that's my core premise. Right. Once I established and confirmed that, and, you know, I literally took 12 months to do that. Once that truth was established, I had operated from that truth pretty, like, with no hesitation. And that always became my, whenever I tried to figure something out, I'm like, okay, well, the core truth is established. Do I still want to be in this relationship? Yes. Okay. Now what do I do? Right, but I must. But I would assume that you coming to that truth was the was the core base of the. But it was the, of the sum of what the relationship was. Right. So we would agree in that. Like whenever I would go through the pain I was going through, I'm like, is it so bad that I want to go? No. Right. And then I knew that was the farthest. But the circumstance that we're talking about now, what if you had some dramatic changes you wanted to make, and you weren't sure that I was going to be supportive of them, and vice versa? You know, I think that becomes a different choice because you have you're choosing what is more important my growth or keeping this relationship alive with us we're fortunate that we don't have that because our our premise is we wouldn't want the relationship if it couldn't allow us to grow because the whole the the engine runs on the fuel of us growing right you know but what happens if let's say for example um i decided that i've had enough 
like exactly how we live now with you going out once or none, none in a week and giving me all your attention is exactly how I want it for the rest of my life. And then you decided like, now I'm realizing that I want to be out more and I want to travel myself more and I want to go speaking on, on these women's panels and I want to do all this stuff. And then I'm like... That's a good idea. I want to go speaking on women's panels. Right. How, where are my invites? Right. What? So what, what if I was like, you know, I'm not comfortable with you traveling that much. And so we'd have to sit and I would go, I would, we'd have to write right. this and you write yours and we see if, there's, if this fits in our relationship anymore. Then if it doesn't, then you can go. It doesn't mean, okay, fuck it, we're doomed. It means, okay, um, can, are, are there any parts of either side of this can we adjust? Right. Can we create a new relationship? Because, okay, maybe we can't have the relationship we used to have, but what if we created a new one? What would that look like? Because that's pretty much where we're at, right? We're in the process of transitioning out of our original marriage and then transitioning into a new marriage. And so in the new marriage... It's supposed to be a 2.0 to where we learn from the past and we try to amend what parts didn't work for us or what part we outgrew um, to make sure that, you know, this is as best, it best suits who we are now moving forward with room to, you know, transition, change, and expand. So for this couple, I would definitely say take each individual time to write out their truth, articulate their truth of what they want and what they feel they need right now. What is yeah. their balanced diet? Yeah. And then come back and share it because there, there very well could be one person maybe really into expanding in a very um, flowing way. And one person's like, I'm not. And any expansion needs to be very slow controlled. and very controlled. Yeah. And neither of them are wrong. Yeah. They both deserve what they want. But the hard part is, can we minimize the damage of how we talk to each other in a transition and just be truthful about what it is because a lot of times we get hurt in the minutia in the passive aggressiveness in the we're both not being fully truthful so we're kicking the can down the road and creating new wounds that have nothing to do with the actual change that yeah. we're trying to make yeah no that's pretty much what i said uh, you know bring your truth to the table but also remember to be very kind to and empathetic to the other side right Yes, you feel like you want more growth and they feel they want more stability. Uh, both have to literally feel the other side and be very empathetic to it. Right. Otherwise, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, going to turn pretty ugly. One's going to be defensive. The other one's going to be annoyed and uh, turned off. Right. And, you know, the honesty of, of things, if you truly want what's best for each other, one of the options you have to exercise is agree to disagree. Yeah. Because sometimes we change, and the relationship that we thought meant the world to us in the first 25 years may not mean that the next. Um, just because we loved something before that was a big part of our lives, it may not be a part of it. A big part of my life was touring for 14, 15 years. Like, it was a huge part of my life. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it was gone. And now it's not a huge part of my life. You know, think about there's certain music that you just lived by 
or fashions or foods. And now it's like, I don't even think about or that even shit. people you were in love with and couldn't live without. Right, or people you were in love with and couldn't live without. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, the problem with making this change, uh, you know, later in life is that, you know, our first loves lasted a year, right. two years. It's easier, and we didn't, you know, we didn't grow the roots. Right. We and now we and have kids and, and houses and careers and habits, and the roots are, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years long. Right. Like, making a change from that situation uh, is, it, it's exponentially harder because yeah. now you also, not only your habits are so much more ingrained, uh, it's very difficult to distinguish between uh, I love this person to I'm just I'm this person has been a fixture in my life for the right. last 20 years I don't know what I would do without them of course you don't because you literally haven't done anything without them for 20 years right. how would you know what would you do without them right and, uh, the, and yeah, that's yeah. all of that is overwhelming and scary and difficult right. like super difficult and a lot of times we are in something for so long that we start to assume that it's default that we can't live without this yeah. person or can't. But when you allow yourself to venture out into your thoughts and your path, there's a chance that A, you could, um, B... Well, it's hold, a fact that on. we all or, can or, live Well, yes, of course. Or, or B, um, there's other ways to live and love this person without the structure that it's been before. And C... Your path and your purpose may be more important now than the current relationship you are yeah. in, and you may have to transition out of it. The hard part is pondering that as a possibility, yeah. talking about that to each other as a possibility. I mean, I think one of the one of the most sobering things that a couple could do is be like, okay, now as we talk about this. There's a possibility that we may disagree and we may have to end this relationship. Like, that sobers everybody up. makes everybody yeah. a little bit softer really quick. <laughs> like, we saw that before in, in some of the sessions that we've had with, with some people. We've been like, yo, um, what if you guys don't want the same things anymore? And some couples literally, like, damn near ran out the door and recluse. Hugged each other for a while. Hugged and cried on the way home and didn't talk to us for a few weeks. It was like, oh, that scared me. So this goes into testing, you know, are you about love and growth in yourself and the relationship, even if that means not together? Or will fear of loss, fear of hurting somebody prevail? Um, that's a tricky one. And most importantly, try to to be as honest and direct and sensitive as you can. I'm hurt. Tion is hurt. Uh, I had a transition in the last, I've had a few transitions in the last six months, but this one is a recent one. And it came out of the blue for me. It came completely out of the blue. I think the week before we were just talking about and basking and celebrating how amazing the dynamics of a friendship was and how just how calming and how amazing and how you know you could just just we were just like so dependable like that's what I love just like a pillar just always like this and then next week it was like bam I want to change this boom and I and I was like I had no idea why or where this came from and then there were several different things that were were said to me as to why 
but they weren't linear. They weren't part of the same thread. And so my thing was like, where did this come from? Like, it must have been something building up. And the person was like, no, I just realized it then, like two days ago, and I told you as minute I realized it. And I was like, okay, but after a few days, you, there's still no more? Nope, it just came then. And there were several different things that came up in the conversation that I was so, I was confused and I was like, what does that mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? And we couldn't get to a point of, in our conversation to where we both felt like we fully understood each other. And then it got off, it got off the rails, um, got defensive, you know, tensity raised up. And then it pretty much was like, we both got off the phone feeling like, wow, I've never seen this part of this person before. I'm totally confused. I guess I'm not going to get the other information that I feel is there. And, you know, she left thinking that I'm mean and I was bullying and she was standing her ground and I'm an ass, you know. Um, and the transition that she was asking for going from, you know, one that was more sexual to one that was more platonic, the, that change alone would have been fine. It would have hurt. I would have, I would have wanted to, I would have asked to understand why, but it would have been fine. The actual sex the amount of time we spent doing that versus the amount of time we spent um, doting on each other, being a part of each other's overall lives and being supportive of each other was way bigger. Um, but the way we handled the transition just made it to where that part is in jeopardy now. Like, we don't, who knows? And so that's what became a really a big personal thing to me right now is like, you know, like, from my perspective, I go, if someone's going to make a dramatic change into our dynamic, how would I like them to do that? And I realize I would like, um, I would like conversation about what's coming up, right? I mean, that's my, my hope, right? Virgo well, I mean, as a friend, because all of your relationships are first based on friendship, which is a true friendship, not right. just... You know, I'm going to call myself a friend and then we hook up here and there right. and we chat. No, but it's based on friendship. So as a friend, I think to me what's the most frustrating in this situation is that there is like the world that wasn't shared with us is so wide and deep uh, and it's great. I mean, there's lots of treasure there and there's lots of complicated processes and all that. And I'm not saying that everyone has to show and share everything in their right. lives, but when you get pretty intimately connected and then you make a change, a, a sudden change uh, based on uh, a big change in that world that you never, f not just fully opened up, but you never shared 95% of, then it's kind of important, I think, if we're hoping to to maintain a friendship in an adjusted stage that we understand what happened. Right. And as a, it during, so what, I mean, everyone's different and I'm definitely not a good example of a good share, but you know, I'm learning. So in a friendship, don't you want to share stuff with friends that affect your relationship with them? I would hope so. Right. And that's what, you know, in the end, the most frustrating part is that uh, 
there is so much that wasn't shared that affected the final decision and also affected how the final conversation was handled that had it been shared, it would have been a lot, a lot, a lot easier and uh, Tian wouldn't have been questioning nearly as much. Right. His energy wouldn't have been nearly as uh, urgent and passionate. Right, go ahead. It's just a sound effect. Um, and uh, which would not have triggered a lot of defensive reactions, which would not have, you know, continued triggering. Right, spiral out of control. Right, so it's like, it, it, it's just, that's I think what we're trying to say is that handling each other with care that we put into uh, a good friendship. Right, should continue. When there's a change, Especially, right. it should damn near double and triple because it's just hard. Um, but... Like, like exactly you said it. You said it beautifully. It's um, I'm attached to the connection. I care about our connection. I care about nurturing that. I consciously build wide when I connect with someone that I that I really enjoy. You know, we could be sexually attracted a lot, but I understand that that alone. If we just focus on that, it can be very fleeting. Because what happens if we no longer have that? We have no foundation because we never built wide. So I make sure that we have range. We, there are many things that we can do and discuss and dynamics in our friendship. So that way, if sex is no longer a part of it, we have other things. Mm-hmm. So I really consciously make an effort to do that. But in, able to, in order to do that, we have to spend time nurturing those other points of connection. Um, and good communication is one of them, being able to share what we're going through in life that's not only based upon my love for you or your love for me, but what's going on in your life, what's going on with your, the loves of your life, what's going on with your husband or wife or what's going on. So that way we're fully aware, at least enough. So here's what I say, and I always said this for a long time, and I, I still feel it's relevant to how I, my delicate flower likes to be dealt with. I don't need to know everything about you, who you're with, how often you're with them, or any of these things. You share what you're inspired to share. I'm just hoping to create a space that inspires you to share whatever you feel is, is right. All I ask is fill me in when something happens in your life that's going to change how right. you and I interact. Right. Because then I, then I would like to understand why. Right. And that's what I felt I wasn't afforded. Um, and I wasn't, I felt like, I could. I didn't have the opportunity to be a better friend because I wasn't in the know about anything. I couldn't help ponder anything. I couldn't support. It went from like just us being how we are to I need this change, and it's kind of my decision. And I was like, okay, but I'm, you know, huh? Um, and it made me really realize that it's not about the changes. It's about how we handle each other right. during the transitions. Talking directly. Like, I don't care if a person's like, look, I got too close to you. And I realized that for the level of closeness that I got, that level is reserved for someone that's going to be my primary. And I can't have that with you. And so it's too hard for me to navigate around that area. And I'm not going to cut off how I feel about you. So we need to just be friends. Yep. Or, you know, whatever. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> you know, like... I need, I don't, I don't like this or anything, but that's truthful. Like it's the root. Um, and I don't feel this person was not trying to be truthful. I don't, I want to be very clear. I don't think she was trying to not be truthful. It was just in the state of being and how she felt. Um, 
I don't know, maybe she didn't want to tell me the truth. Maybe she feels she didn't have to tell me the truth. Maybe she felt that I was like all these other people who flashed on her and fuck me. You know, I don't know. And that's the hardest part. And that's like, that's the part that doesn't calm the spirit. I can, I can deal with pain. I can deal with hurt. I can deal with transition. And my spirit holds me down and says, it's all good. You know, it's hard, but you know, she's, you know, give thanks for the time you guys spent. The hardest part is when I don't understand why or how. Yeah, but then you also learn that there's obviously times that you never know. There will guaranteed be times you will not know. That you never know. know, but since we are in the business of uh, helping create better relationships through communication, that is definitely something that came up. Right. And... Uh, you know, I can see being tempted to make a change and slide out of it with right. minimum communication. Right. It's very tempting, uh, especially if you have other stuff that you are concerned about that is bigger than this. Right. Uh, then, you know, why waste energy? I can just say this and slide, literally slide out of it right. without any hopefully damage to anyone and that one is done and then I go and deal with my the big piece that I really do need to you know invest in and deal with I can see how it's very very tempting right uh uh now every interaction that we have creates a uh consequence and a piece of karma so right you know it's just that we have to remember that some people will take this me sliding out of a relationship with no explanation as par for the course and uh you know take it in stride other people will actually be really hurt by that and it will shake their foundation the co their um right. belief in our friendship yeah. so yeah. it's 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 super you know, if we are for the straight line theory, then yeah. we should just continue that well, way. Also, what it does, firsthand, what it does to me is it makes me question their value of the friendship. If they can just turn on a drop of a dime, dramatically change it, don't feel they need to explain more than whatever they felt was okay and walk away, to me, it makes me question the value that they have on that because when you value something and something changes, you want to make sure that they understand or you want to attempt to. No guarantees we'll understand each other, but you, you want to spend a little more time attempting to that. Um, you know, and to me, those type of transition, short text message or whatever changes, that type of stuff, that's meant for someone you just met when you're kind of dating. Like, oh, you know, we, it's not working out, sorry. You know, or like you got a Tinder date and it didn't, it wasn't a match. And you're like, yeah, it was cool, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm not good with that. But like for someone that you're deeply connected with, rooted, family, love, like to me, my sensitive ass self, to me, it's like it deserves a little bit more. You know, so that's me. That's our sensitive stuff. Um, that's the transitions. But I think, like we said, we talked about it in ad nauseum about how we deal with transitions. We're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be afraid. We may even be triggered. Um, if we're triggered, maybe not making that declaration and transition that moment may be a little, a cool yeah. thing to do. Maybe wait a week and then sit on it and be like, you know, Tion, or you know, I need to talk to you. I felt this last week and I was like, whoa. And I sat on it and I thought about it. I made sure that I didn't say anything in that state because I was very emotionally triggered. 
And now here's what I, I'm realizing that um, I do need to transition this relationship and this is why. And then I could go, okay, wow, that's interesting. So, okay, how did you get to there? Well, because I thought about this and, you know, these things. And then with this and this, you know, you, and it would have just made a big deal. I think when we, when, we make, when we make brash decisions during a traumatic state or triggered state, it's very dangerous because it's hard for us to come off um, compassionate and loving and clear. <laughs> you know, like it's just hard. You know, you take a few days, sit on it for a while. Especially to me, if it's, like, if it's a big decision. Now, I'm not saying that it was, for her, it was the biggest decision in her fucking life to nope. transition from me. I understand that. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a decision where it's like, okay, this person's sensitive. I know they are because they've talked to me about Ozim about being sensitive and open and caring and all these things. And I think that was one of the things she liked about me. I, 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 would, assume, I would assume. Now, I, don't, I would assume. So if you know that that's you, this person's very sensitive, and that's one of the things you care about, and you go, okay, I need to tell him this thing. And some points in your head, would be like, wow, that's going to be very different than what he thinks about what's going on. So I would think I'd be like, well, let me sit on that for a few days. Let me just kind of, you know, what's the rush? He's not coming over, like, tomorrow. Like, we have time. Like, there's literally a time. And so it was just really like... Yeah, no, but, you know, I mean, we all go through transitions. Everyone faces change. Uh, we all hopefully do the best we can. Sometimes our best is just that was the best. And, you know, maybe next time if we realize that that best last time wasn't really the best and we should do something different uh, next time, it'll be better. Right. Yeah, and... This is not an exact science. We're not perfect. The, the goal with transitions, also with the pain that's being felt or maybe the frustration or the fight, is to remember that the reason why you're frustrated, the reason why you want understanding is because you care a lot about the person. So when we leave that circumstance, if it's resolved or not, remember the love. Remember that you care about this person. And so I don't want it to sound like if someone transitions and you don't like the way they did it, fuck them. You know, it's more of just find a way to find peace in yourself to where you can you can move forward and not feel like this is unresolved. And it's going to kill you. Um, but also, you know, care about that person. Know that their person's going through whatever they're going through. And there's probably most likely a hell of shit that is going on that we don't know about that played a role in that decision. Yeah. And maybe if we if we're kind and we leave that space open, maybe we'll understand. So it doesn't help you um, when you're able to share all this stuff with me and I know, uh, you know, the other person involved and you go through this uh, versus going through it by yourself? Um, yes, it does because me and you talk about everything and I trust your opinion and I know your compassion. I know your understanding of me and I know your, uh, your outside perspective of me and other people. So, and you always, you know, you honor truth and perspective, and you're pretty solid about that. Like, you won't ride with me because I'm your husband. Right. If I'm wrong, or if you see I'm this parts that I'm not seeing, you will point them out to me. And that's a very valuable thing. You won't just be like, yeah, fuck that, and just ride with me and be like, <laughs> you know, ride or die, you'll fuck if you were wrong. You know, you'll actually be like, yo, like, that's, have you thought about this? Do you, right. do you understand 
this. And so it does help. It helps give me an outside perspective because, you know, my mind spins looking for understanding and clarity. Like I'm trying to put together the pieces to the puzzle and there's, pe- there's pieces missing. Um, and so, you know, the fact that you have a relationship with this person and you actually, you guys talk about things that me and this person probably never talked about, clearly, um, you can help. Maybe there's some other pieces of insight that you can help me understand what would be the reasons that this came about. Right, and that to me is the actual main benefit of being in this kind of a relationship with you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I were able to share this part. Right. Before, you would have been dealing with it by yourself. I right. would have been feeling something. I wouldn't have known what it is that I'm right. feeling. You're processing. I'd be like, is this me? I don't know. Right. Uh, and you cannot come and get help from, you know, supposedly the closest person to you. Right. That makes zero sense to me. Right. And that's a big part of transitions, too. So we, we've dealt with this on that side, too. There will be times where I'm going through something and she can feel it. So I'm going through a transition which is affecting her. So we're going through a transition and we can't be direct about what's going on. Yeah. And so she's feeling it sideways. I'm trying to minimize it. Yeah. And we're both feeling it's way more than what it really, what we're really showing. And that can have a crazy effect on things. Yeah. You know, we're very fortunate we navigated through that. I think a big part of it is that we trusted each other that nothing would be going on to the point where it was something that was directly going to affect us. But at the same time, it's so much better now that if she's really hurt or frustrated or angry about something, yeah. um, or I am, and it's about something that's a sensitive situation, we know that we can share that and we both will um, you know, rise above the, the personal sensitivities for a minute and be able to actually like build and heal through you know, communication and bonding. So that is love. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 26. Please go and rate us on iTunes. Uh, Help us rise through the ranks and maybe become a little more widely known. Yes, we're looking to grow with awareness. and We're also looking to grow enough to where we can do this live and we can do this with a live audience. We can um, have sponsors because it's actually kind of starting to cost some money. It's actually like a legit, legit, legitimate little <laughs> something. Something's like, ooh. So we appreciate you guys liking. We appreciate you guys sharing. This is what I personally, Tion, want to ask of you guys who are listening. Share the podcast with three new people. Yeah. You know, you don't have to tell them the whole detail. Like, All right, it's about this and this and that. Just be like, these are my friend's podcast. I think it's very interesting. Can you take a listen? I'd love your opinion. Yeah. You know, and let them. Yeah, they them, trained you, know. you really well in Mikunov. Yes. Don't try to explain everything. So you're like, oh, I'm, that's not for me. Yeah. It's like, no, like, I just want your opinion. I value your opinion. These are my friend's podcast. It's pretty fucking crazy. Let me know what you think. Yeah. You know, so that would be awesome. That's what Tion's asking. Yula's asking you to like and rank and stars and comment yes. and all that stuff. Um, and that's what it is. So we'll let it ride there. I am Tion Buku. One, the sensitive flying squirrel tortoise <laughs> and i'm yula apparently the more logical this time not always <laughs> this time it, it was logical the logical park ranging fireball rabbit <laughs> desirer to paint outlines on graffiti pieces all right we're good you guys enjoy yourselves peace well,
Sanchez. I don't know her in two, but yes, I am. I'm not sure the star. Fuck, she'll fuck up my life. If you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind, say, honey, bring it to me, bring your sweet loving, bring it on home to me, yeah. While she was crying last night, I was swimming in the pool because I broke her heart and make she cry. I was a foolish, she's my true confession. I can't believe it that she read it in a day magazine. I was just a star, living one star life, but I still love my baby indeed. Hold on there, you'll come down here. Hear me now, Trefa. When me a talk about two man, me love my girl proper. Yeah. Listen, woman, me love you, and I want you forever. Hey. Listen, what the DJ you utter. Well, woman, Yes, I love you and I need you. I only really forget you. Now I you no want to be my wife, I really I will never forget those times we spent. Cause Sanchez sing again. Come hold me tight. Kiss me, my darling. And be mine tonight. Tomorrow. Woman, I do me need. From a you me want, me have to pull and cut me speed. Woman, I do me want. Woman, I do me need. Hey, me cut the story, yeah. Well, I remember those weekends, sure. those good times we spent. Hey. When you kiss me and caress me and you rub me in a different, in a different world where we live. We'd be wonderful kids. No watch, no lap, lap, I'm out of my mind. People business. Give them fight, give them right. Cut them a try, cut me my. But them can't stop me now because them can't take me shit. But be my lover, do my woman forever. And I do me really want you, do me really admire. You was crying last night, but I was swimming in the pool because I broke your heart and make you cry. I was a fool, this is my true confession. I never know that you'd have read it in the magazine. I was just a star. Once star life, but she didn't really mean a thing to me. So if you ever, ever change your mind, about leaving, leaving me behind, say, honey, just bring it to me. Just bring your sweet love, bring it on home to me.